Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver, where um, where you just were, Sarah, and you were loving our temperate climate, weren't you? <laughs> oh I felt like a piece of bacon every time I walked outside. It's like sizzle. And uh, I mean, it's the, it's the sun and the fact that you're higher, you know, the altitude and then the lack of um, moisture in the air. And then also when I got back last yesterday afternoon, I realized you all don't have nearly as much shade as we have here in Portland. Yeah. And, and I was thinking that the shade isn't nearly as deep there as it is here. Um, deep uh, meaning well, like like a rainforest, like we don't have the canopy <laughs> on top of the where the baboons live or whatever? I think you're mocking Portland. Uh, do no, I sense not. some? I'm not, but I mean deep shade. I mean, deep, oh, deep sh- Well, deep shade is a phrase. Oh, let me tell you, deep shade, it means um, <laughs> that that there's a lot of foliage so that the shade is particularly dark versus out there you first of all you'll have denver seems to have wider boulevards wider streets and that the tree there's not a canopy of trees over them and thus there's like look there's the shade of one tree drive a little bit further there's another one whereas here it's like you know the shade of like seven trees mingled all together so it's you know you, you can be driving along and it's dark practically for you know five houses and then there's a stretch where there's no trees and it's you know bright and so i don't know it's just I know no, that the listeners here in Portland know what I mean when I say no, deep I, shade. I know what you mean too. Yeah, I mean we have singular yeah. shade. Yeah, I mean it's one tree. Singular shade. Yeah, that's singular, singular shade. shade versus deep shade. Yeah, I like that. Yes, yeah. and also um, being from uh, Connecticut, where there are a lot of um, bigger trees, you get that kind of shaded avenue, you know, type deep shade. So yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So it just keeps keeps you cooler. I mean, today is a glorious, glorious. I'm stumbling. It's so glorious um, day here in Portland. And but you know, when you run, it's like, oh, look, I get to run in shade for a block or two and get a kind of little respite from the the hot overhead sun. So, but um, I was really go early. That's why we go early. Yeah, but you you were funny because you went in and did a little shopping and you put some lotion on your hands and like literally like five minutes later, you're like. Oh my God. I mean, I'm like cracking up already, you know? And uh, like, and I, I mean, and I, so now, you know, like when we go to like places like Austin or, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even need to put lotion on. Like, what a luxury, you know? I mean, just the humidity. Um, and I love that you, you classify Austin as a place that's humid. Like, to me, Austin is like yet another dry place. And it's like, you know, yeah, but gosh, the, the my feet and my lips were all dry, and I don't know. So yeah, um, yeah. I have, we I like always... To, we call them, uh, we like to, uh, you know, breed raisins out here. <laughs> tough <laughs> raisins. We're leathery and we're tough. Well, also because I have to say that um, I think my kids are the only kids who go to San Francisco and get a sunburn, which is what happened <laughs> over the 4th of July weekend. I'm like, oh, yeah, bring those whitey white uh, Oregonians those down. translucent children. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we were down in San Francisco for the 4th of July weekend on our first big road trip ever. And, and, and how was it? How did you guys survive? Oh, it was fantastic. It was, I, I, 
was thinking about it, and I don't think I looked forward to it enough because I felt so much trepidation over the drive. We um, don't do all that many, you know, like to us, a three-hour drive is a really long drive, or when we go to Bend, which is about, I guess, about three hours from here. You know, that's like a long road trip. So we, you know, to San Francisco in, in one shot, which we did on Sunday coming back, is ten and a half hours and I was like, oh, we're going to be at each other's throats. The kids will get all, you know, mom, I'm bored. And, you know, John is king of the, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And so when we were there, Jack uh, bought the twins really inexpensive watches. Like I'm talking $1.50 watches. And so we just said to them, you know, what time it was. And then, you know, we're going to, we left at 810. It's like, okay, John, we're going to be there by 7 p.m. And you just, you just keep track on your watch. So then. Little eight-year-old boy practice your patience we'll be there in 10 and a half hours <laughs> so, but then then instead of saying are we there he's like the little newscaster because he's like that's one hour down and then, <laughs> that was another hour so, <laughs> so, so then we kind of got him onto math you know it's like okay john it's eleven twenty. how long have we been driving <laughs> and then and after that, he's like, and traffic on the nines, we've got some, you know, congestion <laughs> right. out our, on our left side going west, and uh, right. it's 59 degrees outside. Yeah, inbound traffic on the through the Waldo Tunnel will be, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, no, so we, so we did, on the drive down, we split it up in two, but then just kind of p- push forward. We had like three hotel reservations that we just kept, no, we can keep driving, we can keep driving. So we drove all the way to Redding, California in one fell swoop and then only had three and a half hours to get to the city the next morning. So we got there midday and just hit the ground running. Saw this really amazing butterfly exhibit at the Conservatory of Flowers, which is this beautiful um, Belle Epoque um, uh, glass structure that was built in England and then taken by ship down um, around the tip of South America. So, you know, for those of you, for the, for those other history lovers out there, I know Dimity's about to mock me, but, you know. I'm not going to mock you, but we can't have the history of every building that you saw, Sarah, this podcast. It's gonna, people are going to be, like, on the, they're going to, like, roll up on the side of their trail and start snoring. Um, no, I'm, just I'm giving you a hard time, but I love that. That's I know. And you're like, you know, you're, and you're like, oh, wait, I've got to get another detail. I'll remember that thing that I read in the plaque about them taking it around the tip of South America. Well, that really made a big impression on me. And I would actually say the name of that cape, but I forget whether that's Cape Horn or the Cape of Good Hope. One's at the tip of South America. One's at the tip of Africa. I think Good, you... hope, I think good hope is South Africa or Hatteras. Mm. Where's Cape Hatteras? which is pronounced Cape Hatteras. Um, Cape Hatteras is off the coast of North Carolina, I believe. Oh, is it? Is it? And hey, speaking of of pronunciation, I have to say, I said anthropomorphize right. Anthropomorphize. Anthropomorphize. I don't know, but I heard it on This American Life, and I was like, I think I said it right, and you corrected me. Mm -hmm. No, you you definitely, you knew all the letters that were in it, but it was kind of like alphabet soup. You didn't get them quite in the correct order. Anthropomorphize. Um, It's anthropomorphize, right? No, anthropomorphize. No, I think it's anthropomorphize. We'll have to mm. look it up. We'll have to look it up. But I think I get bonus points. Even if I'm wrong on that point, I think saying belly pock really get, just got me a lot of points right there. Belly pock, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no one knows um, what it means. You did a good job <laughs> saying it right. Okay, so but if, if you know which cape is at the bottom of South, South America, you let us know on our Facebook page, Run Like a Mother, the book. Uh, so now where was it? I'm not going to go through the whole trip to San Francisco. No. Suffice it to say it was fantastic. We, um, 
were staying at a uh, place in our old neighborhood. I used to live in the marina the second time I lived in San Francisco. So it really felt like old home week going back and just, you know, just living almost like a, a family in the city. And it was just, it was fantastic. And I'm, I regret that it took us 13 and a half years to make the drive to San Francisco. So I so wouldn't now... going back. I, I tell you, I would go back tomorrow if I could. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then, how about this? Dimity, I was like, for, I did allow myself on one of my runs to kind of fantasize, like, well, maybe we could move back to San Francisco. And one of the things that stopped me was like, where would I put all our Another Mother Runner merchandise? Like, there's, <laughs> no, there's, there's no way, not only, we couldn't afford to live in San Francisco, let alone afford to get a space big enough to have our merchandise Oh, stored <laughs> so, so you're taking one for the team on that one you were just already you're packed up had the u-haul ready to go to san francisco <laughs> but you're like oh wait but the, it's all good i run shirts or it's all good i ran today shirts are not gonna so that's funny that's the shirt i'm wearing today because i had such a stupendous run today that i was like i gotta wear my it's all good i ran today shirt and then that was when i realized that i think i might have accidentally shipped out mine to someone because oh, because no. <laughs> yeah i'm thinking that Somehow it might have got commingled with um, oh, merchandise geez. coming back from an expo and a party, <laughs> which if is unfortunate. With pits, if it's either smelly or it has like, you know, that little deodorant stripes that you get on the bottom of your shirt, you know, when you try to put it on after you, after you, you know, lubed up your pits, let us know and we'll get you a new one ASAP. <laughs> or, you know, you could throw it up on eBay and see if it's worth $26 instead of 25 like it is on our website. <laughs> I have, though. There was one woman, and now I'm spacing on her name. She really, really wanted one of our finishing equals winning tees for a marathon she was doing. And she wanted it in large, and we were sold out for a while. And they're made in the U- that shirt is made in the U.S., and so it wasn't like some item that we could turn around quickly. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna throw something out there. You can just shoot it down if you want. I'm like, I have one, and I've never run in it. Do you want me to send it? She's like, oh, would you? And I'm like, if you want it, it is yours, sister. So, <laughs> so anyway, I, I think, have we jumped topics enough yet? Yeah, I think, I think we I have. Think I think we have. have. That's awesome, though. I love that you did that. I didn't know that you'd done that. Um, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. So, so for now, you stay in your um, deep shade of Portland, and we're going to move on. And you My deep shade of Portland that has enough room for, my, for our merchandise. Yeah, and you keep and try to keep them separate now, new versus slightly used um, first. And yeah, let's move on to our guest, who um, is an awesome, awesome woman. Her name is Julie Weiss. Um, Mm -hmm. She is 42, and she is the mother of two kids um, that are a little bit older, 24 and 20. Um, She she is a full-time accountant, um, lives in Los Angeles, and you might know her if you saw The Spirit of the Marathon 2 as the marathon goddess. She is the woman who um, ran 52 marathons in 52 weeks or a year <laughs> um, and, uh, to raise awareness for pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And f- raise funds as well. Yeah. So welcome, Julie. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be with you here today. Good. So uh, tell us what prompted you to run a marathon a week for an entire year. Well, unfortunately, my father passed away from pancreatic cancer in November of 2010, and he was my biggest fan. Mm -hmm. And when he passed away from pancreatic cancer, I knew I had to do something big and something dramatic to make a difference and make people aware of this severely underfunded disease. So I thought, you know, why not do something crazy like run 52 marathons? I love running marathons, so 
off I went. <laughs> well, and so, I mean, so, so how many marathons had you run up to that point? I was, I think my first marathon would have been number 25 since 2008. Okay. And, and so what, what, what got you into running originally? I was actually overweight and on antidepressants. I was a young mother, so I had my children very young, and so we were sort of growing up together. And at age 37, I just found myself 20, 25 pounds overweight, very, very depressed, and I knew I needed to change my life and change my quality of life and become healthy and somehow add some fun to it. So I decided to start running. And when I ran at first, I could only run around the block with my dog. That was about it. Mm -hmm. And then I went on a family vacation to Hawaii and found myself running on the beach every day. And when I came back, I found I didn't need the medication anymore. The weight started to come off. And then my girlfriend said, hey, why don't we train for a triathlon? I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> but we did. And I had my first event, uh, the LA triathlon in, uh, September of 2007. And then I was hooked. Yeah. And so, and you, and you decided that straight up running was better for you than, than three sports. So I found I loved running more than, you know, the three endurance sports running was sort of a way that connected me to my body to my soul my spirit shined when I ran so I I decided to train for a half marathon and once I did that in December of 2007 I thought you know I could do that again so you know I could do two half marathons so I decided to sign up for my first marathon in March of 2008 which was the LA marathon wow so less than a year after you started running you did your first marathon correct hmm and it wasn't pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so 52 marathons in 52 weeks. So Dimity and I are not super strong on math, but even we know that's a lot of miles and a lot of wear and tear on your body. So, um, so you said you'd run 25 marathons before doing your first of the 52, but how did you physically hold up during the 52 marathons and, you know, kind of how'd you build up to it? That's a great question, and I can help you with the math. It's 1,362.4 miles. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and in order to do this, I had a whole team, actually. I mean, my fiancé, David Levine, is a marathon coach. He was so helpful in guiding me on my pace. You know, I really had to slow down at least an hour from what I could actually run. So... Instead of running a 350, I would run a 450 marathon, four hours and 50 minutes, mm -hmm. or five, sometimes much, much longer, depending on the weather and the, the course. But there was a lot, of, a lot of recovery. I mean, recovery was the name of the game. Not only was I just running marathons, I'm also working nine to five. So I would leave my office on a Friday or Saturday, run the marathon on a Sunday fly back after the marathon and get back to work Monday morning. So there wasn't a lot of time to recover and rest and stretch. So you would find me foam rolling uh, 
in the airport or on the airplane <laughs> down the down the aisle. Um, oh, no, no, just you need to use the bathroom. No, I just need to, you know, <laughs> stick up the whole aisle. Rolling here. I mean, one time it was hilarious. My PT ball like rolled to the front of the plane, and the the flight attendant was like, um, "Did somebody lose the PT?" It was really embarrassing, but. Uh, did, she, did she know what it what it was? Did the flight attendant know what it was? She, she actually did. She must have oh, okay. been something. Yeah. You must have been so, flying to Los Angeles or something then, like some really health conscious place. Cause... <laughs> yeah, I was actually surprised that she knew what it was. So also nutrition, uh, getting enough protein is very important to rebuild the muscle tissue from each marathon. And being a vegetarian, that wasn't always so easy. So I had, you know, protein recovery drinks right after the marathon and you know I didn't have the luxury of going to a bar and having a drink and celebrating after the marathon it was like <laughs> quick get to the airport you know get a shower if you can get your protein drink and go and it became sort of a routine after a while and it's really amazing what your body can work up to and so by marathon 43 44 it started getting pretty I'm not going to say easy mm-hmm. but yeah much easier than the first four or five marathons where my body was just like, what in the world are you doing to me? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you doing this? Well, and so um, we read in in an interview that you had that your, that your weeks are all about recovery and rest, which you've already kind of talked about, but did you run it all during the week or was just, you know, or did you just, um, you know, save all your workouts bundled up into one Sunday marathon for that year? That's, that's a great question. Actually, when, I was feeling up to it. I, I might do like a 30-minute run or sometimes uh, aqua jogging in the pool just, mm-hmm. just to maintain. I, I did do weights once a week and stretching, but not much running. I mean, my body was just – I didn't need to run during the week. It was just enough to get enough rest and recover, and then by Sunday, I was good to go again. Usually by Wednesday, I was, I was okay. Sometimes I would do interviews or, and they would have me run and I'm like, or, you know, for the movie, they would have me run and I'm like, you do realize I just ran a marathon yesterday. Somehow I did it and I didn't get injured, which is pretty unbelievable. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So I'm intrigued because you said that, um, you know, your spirit really sings when, when you're running. So then did you, this might sound a little crazy, but did you miss running during the week then? You know, I actually did. I found that when I ran during the week, I would be, you know, a little happier. You know, I'd come into work with sort of a skip in my step rather than ouch, (laughs) you know, from the marathon. Uh And I I did miss, you know, those, I I sort of call them God runs on Mm -hmm. the beach. I live very close to the ocean. And in the morning, I would run on the beach with my dog. Mm -hmm. And I miss, I did miss that. I definitely did. And I knew that uh, this was something bigger though this is you know I had this goal and I was so determined to get there so it's okay you know I'm I'm back there now again running on the beach and it it was all worth it good good well so so you and you brought up the movie and so um that's that's how we originally learned of you so so how did you get featured in uh spirit of the marathon too did you like audition or did they did someone tell them about you or how did it work Yes, actually, somebody told the producers about me and my story, and they called me, and we had an interview, and they were very intrigued about what I was doing, and I thought, 
that I probably sounded crazy to them and I was like never expected to get the call back. You know, so when they called me back and said they did want me for the movie, I was just, I was so excited and I was so honored. I'm like, are you serious? Wow. So that was, that was huge. I mean, it's such an honor to be in that movie. It's beautiful, epic movie. So well done. Did you guys get a chance to see it? I did. And I, yeah, I mean, I loved it. I mean, I thought they did such a good job of telling the story of, of Rome and the marathon and of running and then all the, all the profiles, including you. I, just, I thought they did a great job. Um, well, so, so I'm curious. So did they ask you to start your beginning, your first marathon in Rome? Well, it's, it's a funny story. We actually had Boston scheduled to be the first marathon. Oh, wow. Of this Boston. year. Boston of 2012. No, no, 2012 no, no, no. last year. Boston, oh, 2012. Right. Yeah. So we had Boston was scheduled to be the first one. And then when this opportunity came up for Spirit of the Marathon, we were like, wow, wouldn't that be unbelievable to have your first marathon be in Rome? So we went with Rome and it just sort of worked out that way because had I started with Boston, I had to take a couple weeks off for a non-running related injury. And so it just all worked out that Rome was the first one, March 18th of 2012, and that I finished marathon number 52 at the LA Marathon March. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. Bark boxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first bark box. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com dot com slash amr that's barkbox.com slash amr woof thanks to storyworth for supporting our podcast storyworth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other here's how it works purchase a storyworth subscription for someone you love and each week storyworth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life the person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a storyworth number After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted Storyworth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com slash AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com slash AMR. 17th of 2013. Oh my God. And I was home. So wow. it was so, just meant to be. Nice. Wow. So what was your, well, so you, so, I mean, one of my questions was about um, jet lag. And I mean, so that's, so, so Rome. So what was your second marathon after Rome? 
my second marathon was Boston. Yeah. So in between Rome and Boston, there was like two and a half, three weeks there. Oh, so, so then you had to double down a couple weekends. Yeah. Double down, triple down. Mm. (laughs) Good times. Uh Lake Tahoe triple marathon. So that was a marathon on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday, which was, um, at Lake, at Lake Tahoe, just at, you know, what, what elevation is that? Like six or 7,000 feet or something? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Go big or go home there, Julie. Wait. And so that was, was that three marathons in a row? I mean, it was three marathons in a row, but I mean, it was a three, like, uh, organized marathons or did you just run 26.2 on Friday and then do like the race on Saturday and then run on your own again on Sunday? No, they're actual organized marathons with medals and all. So, yeah. there's, so there's, there's other, there's other people out. You are with your peeps. You're with the crazies at that, <laughs> at that race. Yeah, there's, a, there's a group of us called the marathon maniacs. You may have oh yeah. Heard. Yeah. They're, um, I'm pretty sure they're, um, the guys who started are here in Portland. Um, yes, mm-hmm. they are. And they're awesome. Steven and, um, forgot the other guy's name, but they're great. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, so how did you deal with jet lag though? So I'm just, I'm just really curious on, <laughs> you know, like, because did you fly mo- a lot to the East coast or even to the Midwest I, to run or did you kind of stay in the West? Yeah. The jet lag was hard and I didn't sleep a lot. So I drank a lot of coffee and that's how I dealt. <laughs> and that's how I dealt with it. Seriously. A lot of coffee. I kept Starbucks in business last year. <laughs> Oh goodness. So, and what, so was, but Rome, was it the only international one you did? I did the Toronto marathon in Canada. Mm-hmm. So that, that counts as international, but mm-hmm. the, the rest of them were all across the country. I did a lot of marathons in California to cut down on the budget and the travel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and was it tough? Was it tough to, to schedule out that year? I mean, to, to figure, you know, plot out your 52, you know, to, to minimize travel, to kind of ease the pain a little bit cost-wise and travel-wise? You know, I did it in one night. Oh, my I gosh. Looked at, <laughs> I looked at marathonguide.com, and I planned out all the marathons that I wanted to run. I looked at, you know, my favorites, of course, and then I looked at the downhill marathons. <laughs> I want to run all the downhill marathons. Sorry. Um, but, no, you know, there was some marathons I knew that I definitely wanted them to be a part of my 52. And then as we went along, we had to make some changes, but mm-hmm. it wasn't that difficult. It just kind of became like, this is what we do. And somehow by the grace of God or the powers that be, we made it through. And it's just, I still think back on it. It's like, how did I do that? Because even running marathons now and getting my hotel and making sure I have the flight and I'm like, I can't even do that for one marathon anymore. How in the world did I do that week after week after week? But I know it was because I was running. It was something much, much greater than me. It was who I was running for and why. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me through. And that's what helped me to keep going. Because you also, um, you chose um, someone with cancer or someone who'd um, lost their fight against cancer for each race, didn't you? Yeah, it became that after about four or five marathons, I really wanted to know more about this disease and who it affects. And I started to reach out to people and they started reaching out to me. And I said, you know what, I am going to run this marathon for you or for your dad. Or, you know, if it's um, somebody currently battling, Mm -hmm. we would even run together. Wow. I mean, 
I ran the Half Moon Bay Marathon with a gentleman named Paul who had stage four pancreatic cancer, but had just so much energy and he was just this great guy and he came to meet me at 285 yards and we ran into the finish together, signifying that we will never ever give up hope. Unfortunately, he passed away, um, I don't know, four months ago, but for that moment we had put this smile on his face and uh, I'm gonna start crying, you know. Wow, good for you, wow, that's just, that's, that's great. You, yeah, that's- so- Every, every race became dedicated to somebody, whether they're passed away, whether they're fighting or a survivor. And I had a survivor come out and cross the finish line with me for marathon number 52. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Well, so with with your um, appearance on Spear the Marathon, I know that you have a, you have a million dollar goal for, to raise money for pancreatic cancer. Did did your funds, but you haven't, you're not quite there yet, but that's okay. It's, it's every dollar counts. Um, did your funds kind of spike up after people saw you on that? The funds really spiked up after I finished marathon number 52 and was featured on the Today Show. Nice. Oh, wow. That was huge. Mm-hmm. And we did great things and, you know, inspired a lot of people and motivated a lot of people. So I think that my journey, it's definitely going to continue, continue, but in order to make my goal of a million dollars, I'm going to have to start meeting with key foundations and people and maybe corporate sponsors. If you're listening, I'm here (laughs) because, you know, we, we have this platform now and we've raised priceless awareness for pancreatic cancer and the pancreatic cancer action network. So now that I've done what I've done, it just really shows that anything is possible, anything. So I'm going to keep going. I have a new goal to run 104 marathons, not in one year. (laughs) This is going along with the goal of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network to double the survival rate by 2020. So somebody said, why don't you double the run? Mm -hmm. You know? Gosh. So that's still about 15 marathons a year, something like that. But oh, so you didn't do do 104 before 2020? By 2020. So that way I still have the campaign. We are still keeping pancreatic cancer in the headlines where it needs to be and raising money. So right now my goal is to qualify for Boston again. Mm-hmm. So I am working on that. I'm hoping to qualify by October or so and then go in on a charity. Mm. Uh, I know it's going to be a big year in Boston 2014. So yeah. uh, so it took you, uh, you mentioned Boston and the questions are going to kind of jump around a little bit from here out, I think. Um, but it took you for the, for your first time, it took you 19 times to qualify for the Boston marathon. And, and, um, I mean, how'd you keep your fire burning for so many efforts? You know, it was my father actually, because when I started running, he became my biggest fan and he was so proud of me. And I just really enjoyed running and there was nothing like the joy he got when he saw me run Mm -hmm. and every marathon I would after every marathon even if I didn't make it I would call him he says that's okay just keep going you're doing great you'll get there and so I just kept going not realizing that you had to train I thought like the more marathons you ran seriously (laughs) the more marathons you ran or the more running you did you would just get faster you know, it's sort of like ignorant to the whole thing. I just like, I didn't know. Uh-huh. I, 
I mean, I knew you had to go out and do your, your weekly runs and I did all that, but I knew nothing about aerobic, you know, training and training at a lower heart rate. And I had no base. All mm. of my runs were at race pace. Mm. So, so every marathon that I went out and run, I would hit the wall. Mm-hmm. And then by like marathon number 16 or 17, I think I was like, okay, I'm calling a coach. This is ridiculous. You know? <laughs> and it was after I called my coach, David, who became later became my fiance, that I cut 20 minutes off of my time. And I missed Boston by two minutes in Long Beach in October 2010. And I was, I was devastated. But the next day, my dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And that was just like... Put it all in perspective. That, yeah, that was a bomb. And he said don't change anything on account of me. You keep running, you keep training, because we had a race coming up in Sacramento, December 5th, and I had scheduled our airline tickets in the hotel for he was going to come with me and see me qualify for Boston there. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he, he, didn't, he didn't make it, but he was there when yeah. I qualified that day. He was there, was and I'm getting yeah. chills as I'm talking. And mm-hmm. uh he That's saw how it, he saw how you for sure, even though he wasn't there. Yeah. Oh, he had the best seat in the house. He was in my heart. He was the wind at my back, and he always will be. Nice. Nice. Wow. Wow. Well, so is there in in your fifty two ones that you um, did in a year? Um, is there any one that stands out, or any a couple that stand out for either if they were really funny or really great? Or I mean, I'm sure they were all great, but you know what I'm saying? Like, st- any that stick out in particular? Absolutely. I loved the Marine Corps marathon. I loved that marathon. I mean, I was not feeling great in the first half of that marathon. I had like a knee thing that was definitely slowing me down and I was nervous about it. And so I had to almost walk the first half. But then something happened at like mile 13 that I just came alive. The spirit of the Marines, the people, where I was running, this energy from that marathon is over the top and I would recommend that marathon to everyone oh. who hasn't run. go out oh. and run them. Julie, I got to say so, yeah, that it's uh, just, it's a- Dimity and I were talking about um, marathons when I just saw her in Denver and, and I was saying, Oh, I have a new theory. I'm not going to run races except for very special exceptions that aren't in my time zone. You know, so the Pacific time zone. And then she was like, Oh, but didn't you say you want to do the Marine Corps? And I thought at the time, Oh yeah, that was a thought I had a couple months ago. And now hearing you say that, I'm like, Oh <laughs> I think, I think, I think the yeah. signs are pointing toward Marine Corps for me one time. So absolutely, it's it's a definite, um, definite one to do. Also, I haven't run New York. I didn't get the chance to run it. You know, I when I arrived in New York, I think they canceled the marathon about an hour after I got there. Oh goodness! Oh yeah, for uh, Superstorm Sandy, and uh, not even. Sandy could stop me because I doubled back, got a plane to California, found another marathon and continued the streak. So (laughs) I'm hoping to run it this year. I hear, you know, New York is New York. There's nothing like that one. So you landed in New York on Friday and were able to get back and do a marathon on the West Coast on Sunday? Correct. (laughs) Wow. You didn't think to like try to find, I think there was one in New Hampshire maybe that weekend or like you were just like, get back to home base and go from there? No. Wow. Yeah, I knew there was one, uh, a local one in Santa Clarita that weekend, and um, I wasn't sure if it was sold out or what the deal was. So I was like, oh, my gosh, somebody register me quick. We're getting <laughs> on the next plane back. 
And I got there and I was nervous about running it, you know, because I was tired and my my knee, I had just run Marine Corps the week before, you know, mm -hmm. I got out of there just in time before the storm hit. Mm -hmm. And, um, but we did it, you know, we kept going under all, you know, we defied all odds, you know, when, when times were the hardest, we just kept going and we kept pushing one foot in front of the other. And, and we got there and we got to LA, which is definitely another one of my favorites. I may be a little biased to it, but mm -hmm. You know, the course is just, it's so fun. Uh, it starts at the Dodger Stadium, runs through Hollywood, goes down to Beverly Hills, then it goes through Brentwood to Santa Monica, and then you're at the beach and you finish. And the whole the whole marathon is just fun. So that was an awesome one. So so I have to have to ask, um, you bring up the, you know, flying back. You must have changed your plane, you know, the plane tickets a lot of times. I mean... This might be rude to ask, but how did you foot the bill for all that travel, let alone the race fees? No, that's a great question. And I'm very, very fortunate that the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, through their marathon program called Team Hope, was able to pay for most of my travel oh. based on the, the amount of money that I raised. So I was very fortunate to have them supporting me. So I'm not done yet. I still feel like I've got to raise $800,000 here to complete this journey and even after that i'm going to keep going so i'm yeah, very well, so, very blessed well so tell us how, how if someone is who's listening wants to donate how do they um what's the easiest way to do it especially if they're running right now what's an easy way to remember how to get to you thank you for asking my website is marathongoddess.com and on there is a link that says donate now and it goes directly to the pancreatic cancer action network so i don't touch any of it it goes straight to them and the pancreatic cancer action network is the number one charity for research and patient support out there right now so they are doing phenomenal things and like I said, our goal is to double the survival rate by 2020 and give these people a fighting chance because most of the people who get pancreatic cancer don't know they have it. By the time they have it, it's too late. There's nothing they could do. Mm. And we need to change that. It's, it's just not fair. There's not enough money out there for research. So that's why I am doing this, to give people a chance and to raise hope. And so when people are diagnosed they're not hearing the words, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. sure. Do you know what I mean? Sure. It, it's about yeah. 40, 30, maybe 39, 40,000 people diagnosed and 37,000 will die. It's a 6% survival rate. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not okay. It's, it's unacceptable. So I'm doing everything in my power to raise enough money so we can fix this. Yeah. Yeah, That's uh, awesome. a classmate of mine from high school who was married to another classmate. I went to a very small high school. He was um, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in his 20s, and he um, passed pretty quickly. So, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it doesn't discriminate. That's mm -hmm. the thing. It's like doesn't matter how old you are. And sometimes, you know, even people living the healthiest lifestyle can get it, you know, just by not even knowing they had pain in their back or pain in their leg and come to find out they have a pancreatic cancer, uh, a tumor or something. It's just, it's devastating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and so, so not to belittle what you've done and, and, um, but to end on a, um, perhaps slightly more upbeat note, um, Dimity tells me that you're, you're well known for your mascara. So, uh, we have to ask. Well, they, they featured it in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so 
you ask Sarah. <laughs> so, so uh, what mascara do you use and how does it last for all 26.2 miles oh, times 52? My... Gosh, you are too funny. Okay. Well, I'll give you the secret. At first, I was wearing Lancome mascara. Okay, great mascara. But I think it was about Marathon 34 or something. I decided to get eyelash extensions because they're awesome. They are awesome for pictures. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, it's like not how fast you're running. It's how good you look. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but seriously, you don't have the mascara running down your face and, you know, you just... So when you have extensions, yep. then you don't wear mascara to make it look... They, they're super dark then as well as long? Correct. So I don't mm. really have to wear mascara anymore. <laughs> nice. And so, ha how many marathons do they hold up for? They last about two or three weeks or something like that. So in addition to working full-time as an accountant, traveling all over to do these marathons and running them, then you're also having to add in going and getting your extensions fixed every two to three weeks? I think, you I know, think. yeah, but it's fun. It's <laughs> I think fun. that's, a, that'd be the straw that would break my camel's back. I feel like. <laughs> I got, I got yeah, the races. I got the 52 marathon. It's the, it's the upkeep that I can't do. Yeah. 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 It's kind of, it's kind of like once you do it, you, it's like you can't go back, but, but it's fun. I mean, I, I enjoy it and I, I enjoy, you know, taking care of myself and looking pretty and doing whatever I can to make sure that I'm having a, good time in my life. I'm having fun because life is short. A lot of people take it so seriously. And it's my rule. Number one is to have fun with it. Go out there and, you know, enjoy yourself, enjoy the journey and whatever it is that you love to do, whether it's running, whether it's, you know, walking, cooking, it's, you know, it's your life. Embrace that passion and, and that, and let it shine, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And let that shine. For me, it's running and running marathons and, and letting my spirit shine and my eyelashes. <laughs> and they lead the way, right? No, that's awesome. You're, you are really, you're, you, I mean, you came through your energy and your um, enthusiasm and your commitment to your cause came through the screen. You know, when I saw that, um, when I saw the movie and it, it comes through the, you know, the headphones now, I mean, you know, there are very few people that kind of just really grab a torch and run with it, literally. And um, so huge congratulations for following oh, your passion oh. and for doing everything you've done. Thank no. you so much. I really appreciate it. And we're not done yet. We're just getting started. So <laughs> keep an eye on me and you'll see the great things that we have in store for pancreatic cancer and for just living a happy, healthy, wonderful quality of life. Well, and that's, what, that's my mission, to inspire. Thanks. Thanks. And we'll, and we'll all be following you. So thanks a ton, Julie. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Take good, care. Good luck. Bye-bye. We got this. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Yeah, we got this, right? We do, we do. I mean, when when we were um, about to have her on, I was just doing a little, you know, Google research, really, really serious and scientific, and I and I found a quote from her that said, um, "My marathons aren't about speed; they're about spirit." I wanted to make sure that I finished every one of them and finished it strong, and I love that. I mean, yes, absolutely, marathons can be about speed, running can be about speed, but they're also so much about spirit. And uh, I don't know. I think that just kind of nicely summarizes. Um, someone like that. Yeah. And I mean, her, her race photos on her website, marathongoddess.com, I mean, really capture that spirit. I mean, she has such joy on her face and, and in her body language in those photos on there. So that was, 
That was a lot of fun, very inspiring. So um, look for us for more um, things to inspire you, hopefully, on Facebook. We're at, but, but we're not running 52 marathons. <laughs> we're not. Let the record show. We're not that kind of inspiration. We love, we love her, but, but uh, better her than us. <laughs> right, right. Um, so we're on Facebook at Run Like a Mother, the book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. On Twitter, we're at the Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother, are available on Amazon.com. And many happy miles, no matter how many marathons you're running. Mm-hmm.